Live 24 hours a day, Monday through Saturday. The Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk. I'll go ahead and open up the phone lines immediately. Uh, you can watch me on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, or uh, download the app at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. And uh, you can, of course, uh, watch all the news and everything we're going to talk about directly at rockoftalk.chat. Uh, over the weekend, uh, you no doubt became aware of my run-ins with the law, I guess you could say. Um, you could say a lot of things. And uh, one of the things you can say is that I'm safe and sound, and so is all of Albuquerque. And uh, had myself, um, I guess what, what we could say is uh, uh, an experience. And what I can say is, obviously, you know, I'm better for it. We're all better for it. But that's not the takeaway here. And, and the takeaway on this and I want you to feel free like you could come in and just talk about it. You know, I think there's there's never an excuse for breaking the law or any law, but you know, we've become this kind of society which has been enabling people, you know, people oftentimes skirt without any consequence. Uh, I mean, ironically enough, at the beginning of the month, I did a show which talked about uh, you know, Jacob Candelaria and uh he flipped his vehicle, you know, totaled three vehicles and uh, was not cited, was basically driven home, was not tested or anything like that. And, you know, the situation, I can't really comment on it, uh, or at least I'm not supposed to, so I can't really comment on it. But I'm, I'm welcome to hear you. And, I, and this provides a unique opportunity for you to go ahead and, you know, talk about, you know, me being charged with DUI um, last Tuesday. Um, I should say Wednesday, I mean, more formally, uh, with all that. And, and, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. I mean, uh, I had my kids over the weekend, you know, this, this is something that I have to tell my children about. Um, obviously the entire community becomes aware of it, you know, being that we are sort of the opposing party or <laughs> the other side, not in power. Right. Um, you know, they're going to come at me harder, uh, than they will anybody else. And that's just, it kind of goes with the territory. And uh, I do want to say a couple of things, you know, first and, and foremost, and sorry, as an, I called on my advertisers and called, you know, everybody else out there. And it's, it's, it's not just an embarrassment to me, but I represent a number of other people as well. And it, it could be potentially be an embarrassment to them, but, you know, to all of our credit, you know, everyone's like, we've been there. I've done that. We've all been in a situation like that. It could have happened to anybody. And, you know, this particular situation ha occurred when I was in park at the Albuquerque airport. So it wasn't a moving violation. Uh, I was uh, having trouble getting uh, out. Uh, things weren't, let's just say, weren't working. About, about all I can really say. And I'll leave it sort of at that. Um, you know, oftentimes we're looking for police everywhere. And I'm sorry that I had a committed resource and very nice officer. You know, I want to let you know that no matter what it is, is you treat people with respect. Uh, I often tell my own kids, 
uh, people uh, should be judged by their manners. And um, that's hopefully the way that many of you will look at all of this and see me and how I behaved with our law enforcement uh, professionals who are out there. But one of the very best, the man who actually handled uh, my stolen vehicle is the same man who handled this. And uh, he's, a, he's a great man and I appreciated him. And, you know, I was very forthright with him. And uh, a lot of people would say, you're too forthright. You should know your rights. Well, I, I do know my rights, but I also know that, you know, I'm one of those people that, you know, if you do something, you, you know, become accountable in the situation and you present yourself in such a way that um, is respectful, uh, I think, of the situation. That's the most important, right? That's to, to, to be respectful of the, in, the, the entirety of the overall situation. So, you know, all my haters, they're going to come at me. Uh, they've, they've already been out there, but all of our supporters, you know, they, they come and they say, like, hey, Eddie, we're here to support you. You know, we've all been through that. Um, I think it should be noted, again, this is not an excuse, but I want to tell you what I deal with um, on a personal level, and uh, that, that is I deal with a, a high level of um, hypomania. <laughs> I'm quite productive. I'm, I'm very, very, very meticulous about everything that I, that I do, but I'm also quite depressive at times. So I feel a lot, you know, I... I, I I really am sensitive to a lot of things out out there. And given what we've all gone through and, you know, you're going to hear some things in this particular program here this afternoon, there's a lot of things that we've all gone through, you know, given our the shutdowns, the business closings and all the various other things. And I've, and I've committed to myself to fighting on your behalf and fighting on, on other people. And this is why I love Mark Ronchetti. You know, he didn't have to do that, but he quit his job so that he could run for for, for U.S. Senate or U.S. or or governor of the state of New Mexico. Like, these are hard things to do. And um, sometimes you get yourself to a point, and I should say that that's not what really drove me to this point, but sometimes you just get yourself to a point that you figure out ways of self-medication. And um, let's just say that I have not been the most constructive in, in doing that. And uh, the help I need is just exactly what I got. And that's a consequence uh, for me. It's a accountability for me. It's something where I am going to deal with it and I'm a better person for that. And uh, I am welcoming your calls. Love me, hate me, love the sin, hate the sinner, hate the sin, love the sinner, whatever your flavor, I don't care. Okay. What we do know is that we have an epidemic here of substance abuse on a number of different levels. Okay. And sometimes I've been very good in spreading that out and not going long periods of time. Uh, it was very funny to look, look at my face, you know, uh, 58 pounds heavier, and they couldn't wait to put me all over, you know, the news. That's what happens. That's what happens when you're a target. You have to understand that when you're in the, the public sphere. Um, I don't look like that anymore, you know, but that's the way that they want you to look and they want you to look as bad as possible because they want to be committed to winning. So in no way should this be a reflection on any other Republican or anybody else out there, I think that is on the Republican side. And in fact, many of the people who are going to come in and attack me are going to be exactly that. And I'm perfectly okay. I have been hated and uh, all these other things, but I'm not the victim. It's part of the game and I am happy to play it and leave it right there. So um, that's what I will say. Uh, I'll go through all those things. 
that I need to go ahead and do as anybody should, you know, uh, we aren't going to go by the way of Georgianne Lewis, you know, Oh, plea and no consequence or Jacob Candelaria, no consequence whatsoever, or your Martinez, or I didn't say, well, you know, don't you know who I am? No, we, that, that's not how we behave. Like I've told my kids, you know, the best thing that you have and what you will be judged by is by your manners. Who I am on this radio station when I am on between the hours of four to seven is not who I am in person. And I want you all to understand that. And I'm looking forward to the lapel camera or anything else that would come out that would further shed light on all of this. And I appreciate your dedication, your support, our advertiser support, and all the people who, and it's off the charts in terms of the number of people who are currently listening. And I reached out to every single person that I could on a personal level. We'll take a quick break. You're welcome to join in 550-5500. Call or text, whatever you like. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva. Irony of ironies, that particular. No, I was not dancing the jailhouse rock, folks. I'm not not making fun or anything else like that. So you should uh, definitely know that it was that very song. Yeah, back in 1957, Jailhouse Rock was released. Uh, <laughs> starring Elvis Presley, premiered in uh, Memphis, uh, Tennessee. Also, Al Capone. Also, not uh, very ironic. Uh, was convicted of income tax evasion in Chicago, sentenced to 11 years in prison uh, on this day back in 1931. We'll go ahead and uh, take your calls. I should say that I was on air last week, uh, the day after. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, all the way through the remainder of the week. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that they realized that, hey, you know what, Eddie's not such a bad guy. Uh, he's not like a flight risk. He's fully cooperative. Like uh, I even breathed into, uh, you know, whatever device they had. It's like, okay, okay, yes, okay, yes, no, yes, okay, yes, whatever you need. Um, I think they asked me something like, did you have a glass of wine? And I said, no, I had a bottle. <laughs> that is me. That's what, that's what I, like, I, I will tell you what it is, and I'll tell you exactly the way that, that, that it is. And there is. I wasn't moving. There was nothing going on. I'm like, who gets pulled over in in uh, in a airport parking garage? You know, Eddie Aragon does. There, there you go. You know, I'm like Nakia, help me. No, I'm only kidding. That's a bad joke. That's uh, Nakia Allen, the former airport aviation director. That one's going to get me in trouble, right? That's what. Hey, you know what? It's okay. We're fighting. We've got 24 days. Mark Ronchetti was on Clay and Buck. I reached out to him. I told him he did a great job. Uh, we've got so much to cover. We can change this state. Believe in Mark Ronchetti. All you Republicans who are not voting for Mark Ronchetti by the end of the show, I assure you, you will be voting for Mark Ronchetti, period. You libertarians, if you hate Michelle Lujan Grisham, by the end of the show today, you will be voting for Mark Ronchetti. God works in mysterious ways. That's all I got to say. And we got a great break here. And I'm going to swing for the fences for the next 24 days. We're going to lay it all out on the line. We've been through hell and back together. I've been doing this now for eight years. Eventually, this stuff is going to get to you. 
you just have to understand that. Like it gets to you and I'm going to have bad days. And some people know it's like, you know, what do I do? What, what do I do? And, and last Tuesday was the seminal day for me. Okay. I mark days. I mark days. That's what I do. I keep calendars. I mark days. Things are important to me. And when things are important to me, I, I, sometimes I don't know how to deal with stuff. Okay. And when all that happened and I handled it the wrong way and I'm just like trying to escape and make my mind stop, make my mind stop. We all, we all been to that part, right? You know, just trying to make things stop. I don't want to hear the noise anymore. We're all human, but we're going to get it back. We're going to fight back. We're going to lay it all out on the line for the next 24 days. I went to go try to vote today. I know you don't want me to vote, but I have to go out and vote. Kevin says, Hebrew phrase, this who shall pass, hang tough, my, hang tough, my friend. Be, free publicity is better than none, right? That's good. It just proves your show scares them. I don't know. I don't know, but we're, we're here. Okay. I'm here. I showed up all last week. I did all the production on Saturday. We had everybody here. I went to everybody. I went to everybody on Saturday. I said, this is what happened. You are welcome to go. You don't have a contract here. You're welcome to go. And if this anyway, same thing with the advertisers. You guys don't have a contract here. You're welcome to go ahead and pick up and go. You have no obligation. You have no obligation to listen. All those guys are going to take every shot in the world and they're well within their right to go ahead and do so. I'm fine with that. That doesn't bother me. I don't care what other people think of me. I'm just glad for the mugshot. I wasn't smiling because I wasn't feeling that good. Yes. It's embarrassed. Yes. You have your head down. Yes. Public humiliation is terrible. Okay. The only thing I cared about was what my kids would think. That's it. And I talked to them last night before they had to go back to school. And I had a conversation with them. And all they care about is, are you okay, dad? Are you, I just wanted to make sure you guys heard it from me. I know we had a stellar weekend. Things were awesome, all that kind of stuff, but there's a whole lot more going on. And they were right there. And talking to your kids about things instead of hiding them, instead of pretending you're this and that. And I saw all the, the comments and it was like the most popular you know, story for a couple of days. I'm like, okay. I, I didn't even know that people even know who I was, right? Like they hid me. This guy's not running for mayor. This guy's not like, that's fine. I don't want to be the news. I, you know, I felt bad for Mark. Cause I'm like, I hope I didn't ne negatively impact you. Guys put his life on the line, put himself out there. Everyone's going against him. Everyone's going against Mark Ronchetti. Why? The guy's trying to improve the state. I'm like, God, I just wish, I just wish I didn't do this or this didn't happen or however this happened. And, and, and during this time, they can say, they could point their finger and say, that's a bad Republican. These politicians, they get away with everything. I'm, I'm fine. I'm not going to get away with anything. I said, yes, yes, yes. Okay, I'll blow into that. I'll do that. What do you need for me to do? Yes, okay. What do you want me to sign? How long am I here? What do I need to do? I was worried about the station not being up. I was worried about, you know, how it would reflect upon everybody else. That's it. Wasn't thinking about me, believe it or not. Um, let's see. I was concerned it was a family issue. I know you're always so happy when you're around your boys. They're just hoping that this was nothing too serious. It wasn't. It has nothing to do with my, my kids. Believe it or not, it has nothing to do with my kids or a family issue or anything else. Okay? It was just a year. That's all. In my mind, it's like something that I couldn't really deal with. 
And when something's out of your control, it's like, okay, like things ended for me. It was like a full moon and all this force and it's just, that's it. So just hoping that this was nothing too serious. My prayers are with you. I've certainly had my share of bad situations in my lifetime. This too shall pass. You and I rib each other sometimes, but your run-in is a mistake and recoverable. Life sounds like your attitude is just fine. We're all here for you and no judgment. Okay, We got a show to do. We got a man to elect. We got a, ch- we got a state to change, right? That's what we got to do. Radio Gold. At the end of the Vince Colonisi show today, he reported that Jill, not a Dr. Biden, was at the Cowboys-Eagles game last night. Vince played the audio of the Eagles fans booing Jill, and then the crowd began chanting, Beep Joe Biden. That is radio gold. I'd love to play that. I emphasize I got a DUI in Arizona 49 years ago and it's still on my record. Yes. Yes. It's not going away. You know, and for me, I'm better, you know, it's better for me behind the radio here. Okay. Eddie, I'm sorry this happened to you. I I, I created this. Let's 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 own up to it, right? I, I did this. I'm so sorry you've been under tremendous stress. I realize that it's not an excuse. Yes, it's not. But we're all humans, so just know that you're my thoughts and prayers. I think you're terrific at what you do. Bye-bye. Thank you. The other thing that came up was like, oh, were your kids in the car? You were like, I don't even drink around my kids. It just doesn't happen. I just don't do that stuff, okay? Last time that I, that, that I did that was, was, was New Year's, all right? 550-5500. Caller, you're in the Kiva. Go ahead. Am I on? Yes, sir. Hey, Eddie. Uh, I was uh, listening to you, and I... Uh... And um, getting straight to it, I didn't quite understand what went on, uh, what happened, but I, I got an idea right now, kind of, because it wasn't quite clear that you might have got a, a DUI or a DWI. No, no, I, I got charged with the DUI, yes. I got okay. uh, pulled over at the airport, yes. Okay, well, yeah, when I was hearing your um, your radio thing, you didn't quite come out and say that. My comment on is we've all, and you, they've all said that, um, just come out and say it and don't uh, sugarcoat any. I made the mistake, and also encourage other people too. My son um, is in a prominent government position um, where they save lives, but they also, when they get time off, because sometimes they work, they work double shifts and things, and their buddies they like to uh, have a brewski or two or three or four, you know. But my my point is, if he ever got that in that situation too, it, gosh dang. They wouldn't treat us like a, a, a Paul uh, Pulowski or Nancy Pulowski's son. They got that. I mean, I'm sorry, husband. They got that free get out. You know, buy on that, which was wrong. Right. We don't get that. We don't get that treatment. Right. But my point. My point being, you're in a good position now to look. Look, my son, uh, police officers, people uh, yeah. that like it, that like it, have a brewski, which is not a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, do not have a brewski and a drive do not right have as many brewskis you know, and you're in that perfect position to be the uh the safe the saving guiding light for my son and i should say that uh and i should say i think it's important to say that i'm not trying to get off on anything and and i don't want to be treated like paul pelosi and i don't want to be treated like an advantageous uh politician because i'm not any of that and you know i think of people like bill eisenhood back in the day and all these types of things and you know i i just thank you and the officers and everybody else who keeps the community safe. And they were just doing a job and yeah. that's all they were doing. I never took it personal or anything else. I'll uh, keep you over the, the line. I got to run to a quick break back here in the Kiva here in just three minutes on AM 1600 KV, FM. Check on weather and traffic in three minutes. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you.
Before there was Hamilton, there was uh, that hair to be debuting on this day back in 1967, made its uh, premiere off Broadway. And uh, there you go. Also on this day, back in 73, about the same time, Arab oil producing nations announced they would begin cutting back oil exports to Western countries in Japan. A total embargo lasted until March of 74. So we've been through this before. We're going to make it through again. Uh, I told you by the end of this show, if you know anybody, Anybody. All you have to do is grab all the video and everything at rockoftalk.chat. Everything is there. Redistribute that stuff. Get it out to as many people as possible and let them know that you will only be voting for Mark Ronchetti no matter what. Uh, John says, I love you, Eddie. You stand like a man. I'm proud to call you a friend. We're all human and we need each other, not eat each other. <laughs> Definitely no. We don't need to go, by the way, the Uruguayan uh, yeah, rugby team to survive. I'm praying for you, brother, and I cover your prayers too. Let me know if there's anything I could do for you. Just text and what you guys are doing. Eddie, have a blessed week, your friend. Patrick, uh, Deborah says hello and says, I know what it's like to walk through hell. As a survivor of Dance with the Devil, we will smell like we are charred, but the devil did not win. We'll get over holding you up in prayer. May God keep you strong. I told my kids that it was their prayers that actually kept me uh, safe, you know, that this needed to happen and that... Uh, it was their prayers that kept me safe. So you should know that. Eddie, I hate to welcome you to the club, but it's the only thing to enforce here in New Mexico. Um, Eddie, be kind to yourself and let the people close to you love and support you. The Kiva will stand by you. Myself and all your listeners think of ourselves as part of the Kiva. Your spirit of the Kiva, I congratulate you on holding yourself accountable. You are loved and respected. Remember that. Thank you uh, very much. Dinah says, have a great show. She's great. And I, I, I talked to Dinah before. I said, Hey, Donnie, you can go anywhere you want, do whatever you want to do. I don't know if you want to be, you know, around for any of this, but uh, your choice and give for that freedom. And, um, you know, everyone's big boys. Everyone can go and come as they please. Eddie, let it all go. We are behind you. Thank you so much. Uh, Eddie, I invite you to Legacy Central. Prayers for my friend, Eddie. I need to get out to Legacy. I tell, you know, <clears throat> the whole thing with what they've done with Ron Ketty and, you know, being a thought, you know, I don't, you know, when you're political, it's hard to kind of jump into different churches or anything. But for me, for me, I need to go there. That's for sure. And uh, you should probably know that I love Steve Smotherman. So uh, I've always made no bones about that. When he was here, we had a great broadcast for an hour. I couldn't get enough of him. I just thought just like, bang, we're like on the same, you know, wavelength. And I, I do hear he listens to the Kiva. Uh, Eddie, you acted like a man. You took responsibility. You didn't run like a little bee. I'm proud of everybody. I'm proud of you, Eddie. Everybody makes mistakes. You never run, right? It's like, hey, here it is. You got me. Let's let's make sure that we handle this the right way. You know, I don't want anybody to be impacted beyond what is here. Eddie, I support you. You're an inspiration. Uh, blessings. Well, that doesn't feel like very inspirational, but if me, you know, standing up here talking and telling you about what's going on is inspirational, then so be it. Tracy, of course, we support you and. Of course, we support you and continue to do so. We're all human, not close to being perfect. 
Eddie, we support you. I've got your back. That's from uh, Michael. Thank you, Michael. I would pick you up that day if you had given me a call. I appreciate that. Uh, Eddie, I had two drinks once and could have gotten a DUI. It could happen to anybody. Your transparency is admirable. Well, not only is my transparency, but it's all out there. It has, you know, and we've got to continue to fight just because we all have a job to do. The media has their job to do, however bad or however unfairly we might think they're doing it. The police have their job to do. I have my job to do. You guys have your jobs to do as parents, as family, as brothers, sisters, uh, you know, fathers, mothers, whatever you happen to do. We all have our jobs to do. And that's what we are going to do. So one more call and then uh, we'll head off into the show call. You're in the Kiva. Uh, go ahead. Hi, Eddie. I was uh, wondering, and maybe your your listeners are interested in uh, the whole process, because I know you're a tall guy, and going through that process and dealing with the people you saw, or, or did you meet anybody? I mean, not that you were in there to meet anybody, but did you find any, I mean, besides reflecting on what happened and that kind of deal? Are you, you wanting me to share my experience in the Albuquerque Police Department with the officers and you know, no, going, to, going the, to the more, like going more, to MDC and being processed. Are you wanting to hear about that? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. So, have you ever been arrested? Yes. Okay. So, do you want me to share that? Maybe, or you want to fill in the blanks of maybe how your experience was different? Is that what you you want to do? Uh, I, was, I was just wondering if it was the same as what I ran into, which was sleeping in the little boats and. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So let me. Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of go into all of that. So basically. Um, you know, so there was uh, three police officers, they were all there. And then, you know, you go through the testing and, you know, they, they wave your, you know, this, that, and the other, and you, you, you say yes, and you agree to this, agree to this. And, you know, they say, you know, stay in the car, this is what we're going to do. And then, then basically they put you, you know, in handcuffs. And then I went off with another officer who's very friendly and I, I followed him. It's not like he grabbed me. He's like, well, just follow me because I knew that I was going to get in the car. Right. <laughs> so I followed. I got in the car. It was a little small, I will say. Uh, it was not, very, <laughs> you know, especially for a guy who's 6'4". So, and I got in the back of the car. I had a little bit of a hard time. You know, I had a conversation with the officer and I said, well, you know, I let, I, I let him know who I am. And I said, you know, I would prefer that, you know, nobody really knows about this, but how can nobody not know about this? So it's, it'll be out there and that's fine. So I just wanted to let him know ahead of time that I wouldn't hold him or any other officer, quote unquote, accountable or anything. It's just something that kind of goes on. So I went down there and I got, you know, all these people who are there, people sleeping. And anyway, I don't want to talk about all people going through things, you know, and something comes over you when you're seeing other people going through stuff. And I was no longer focused on myself. I was thinking about the person in the cell and I was thinking about the other people and people who were yelling and then, you know, I looked at people's tattoos and then my officer came in. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's a known entity within the police department. And I think in the community as well, <clears throat> he came in and you know, I was in cuffs for like, I don't know, maybe like two, two and a half, three hours. And I had to go through testing. Then they weighed me and then they tested me over here. And then they asked me some questions and I said, yes, yes. Then I visited with the nurse and then, um, then I went to the breathalyzer thing again so i sat and i talked to him and he says blow and he said you didn't blow that the right the first time i said okay and i blow the second time and i said okay is that good and then i got it right the second time you know because nobody trains for this stuff it's like nobody really knows how to do it and then right. about uh <clears throat> about an hour later no but actually right after that they threw me in a cell and um well i was in there for like an hour and a half and i didn't want to lay down 
I just stood up and I stood up right up against the end right there because I didn't want to be forgotten about. You know, I just wanted to kind of stay there and, you know, I would just ask, could I make a phone call or, you know, could I do any of this kind of thing? And then <laughs> um, yeah, I said, okay, well, we're getting ready to transport. And then I said, okay. And so they throw you in this uh, wagon, which you're not fastened to. You have to hold on to this rope and you're thrown in with other people and you don't know what either any of the people that have done. And so you're holding on to this rope while you're handcuffed. And you're taken over to MDC up there. And it's not a glamorous thing. And they're unloading. I mean, this is a hard job for the officers. It's a hard job for the people who process. And there was like maybe 12 of us, all of people. I'm glad to say that there was that many people, to be quite honest, because we know how dangerous the streets are with with everything. And so I'm all sitting there. But they all go sit in one place. And I go to sit like away from everybody, right? Um, Not because I thought I was separate from them, but there was men and women. And then there was this sort of this other area. Well, I sat in the other area and I was sort of just watching everybody. And some people were so out of their mind. I had to help the other people sort of yell, Hey, that's him. That's him. I was keeping track of the names of people who were in there. And I said, Oh, he's that one. Cause no one had yell for names like three and four times and the people wouldn't answer. And it's not like the, the people who were there. And there was like four officers that were in the area. And one of them came up and talked to me. I can't tell you what he said, but he was super, super cool, super nice, and knew all about me, apparently. So that was very nice. Um, but Good. Uh, anyway, um, after that, then you get processed, then you take pictures, and then um, I don't know what that's else. That's where the hell started. Yeah, you locked that, into the end. Yeah, so then uh, I'm I'm locked away. I, I tried to go to sleep, but uh, that I didn't succeed in that, and I still had my cuffs on um, the entire time until they let me in, and you know, the, the, the people who are handling everything, you know, like, um, you know, patrolling. I mean, they're dealing with people who are yelling and screaming, who are coming down off oh, of their eyes. Okay. And, you know, uh, this one person was leering at me the whole time. You know, it, it, it felt very sinister and all that. And then, you know, I just waited for everything. The only thing I did wrong was I asked to make too many phone calls. So, but they let me use the phone calls. Um, so that was good. I mean, I think as long as you're well-behaved, it's fine. And, you know, thankfully, I didn't have to put on a suit, but maybe I will have to. I don't know. I'll probably have to end up serving whatever the remainder of the time is or however they do that or whatever, whatever they figure that out. stuff. So that's that's how it goes. Right. And it's not yeah. a good situation for anybody, period. It is one of the worst. In, no, let me say the worst experience of your life. I'll put you on hold. Let's hit a quick break. We'll check on traffic one more time here in the Kiva. You really got me going. You got me so I don't know what I'm going. Yeah, you really got me now. You got me so I can't sleep at night. All right, there you go. They are on the show called Hullabaloo. Back in 69 on this day, the American Federation of Musicians allowed the Kings to tour the U.S. It had actually banned them from playing in the United States after the band had appeared without permission on Hullabaloo in 1966. That's exactly the way. The, and that was by, uh, had 49 episodes. I had all sorts of different hosts. I think there was uh, Frankie Avalon and Annette, uh, what, uh, I forget her name from the Mickey Mouse Club. Anyway, she was there uh, as well. And everybody uh, had a little Hullabaloo uh, right there. 450 here in the queue. Let me read a few more of these and we'll, we'll wrap this uh, up. A DWI, seriously? 
What about the things Epstein did? Okay, <clears throat> so I just want to say this. We don't care about what anybody else did. We just know that when we do things, we're accountable. We're welcome to pay for them, law and order, whatever the consequences are. That's why we established laws. Let's be better than them. Let's be better than the Democrats who have gone through this. Let's be better than all the people. Um, instead of beating our chest and saying, hey, don't you know who I am? Or, you know, uh, hey, I'm going to skirt this. I mean, someone, t- it's very funny, said, hey, now you're qualified to be a U.S. congresswoman or a congressman, right? DUI dab. <laughs> I can't make fun of that anymore. It's like, oh, I, I guess that's all I need for the rite of passage, you know, the Department of Interior. I mean, folks, this is not a laughing matter. Like, it is serious. It comes with consequences. Unfortunately, it comes with a lot of, it seemingly, I don't know, seemingly comes for a lot more consequences for the other side, which is our side, uh, than it does for theirs. So membership uh, certainly has its privileges. I put that uh, in the <clears throat> last, uh, or excuse me, the, the, uh, the Daily Fives uh, yesterday. Uh, what have the Clintons or Don Obama? Someone also brought up Hunter Biden. Like, I don't care. I mean, I'm good enough to do whatever. Like, no, fine. You have owned up to this. Let's go, Brandon. Yeah, dear Eddie, I'm sorry for what you are going through. We're also proud of you for the way you're handling it. As a retired chemical dependency nurse, I would only suggest that you find someone or something healthy to help you through the painful times. Yes, I think you have to have that. You have to have a support system. It's impossible. Especially, you know, I stand here, I do the show alone by myself. I do the production. I do all the, everything. Top to bottom, I do, it's a one-man show, okay? Has been for a very long time, okay? And it's what I what I do. Sure, we've had, you know, Blankson and Dowd and all the various other people who have sort of stepped in for a little while here and there. You know, most of those guys have done it remote. I doubt the entire time, you know, all last year. I think I saw them two or three times all this year. So you have to understand, like, I am alone. I do this stuff alone. And sometimes when you're talking about just negative and you're fighting, you, you're going to run out of energy at some point, and that's okay. Okay, this is a bad week, bad day last week. Okay, I would only suggest you find somebody or something healthy to help you through the painful times. I love you like a son. God bless. Pat from Los Chavis. That is so meaningful to me. You have no idea. Oh, one of my favorite people, uh, Ann. Uh, love and prayers, Eddie. Her husband, I took pictures when I was running for mayor, and he's, he was in the commercial. He was so proud to be a part of that. He's a wonderful guy. We're here for you and completely support you, Ann and Paul. Uh, Paul. Romans 3.23. Uh, I've been in Mark 7, by the way. Mark 7 and Mark 8. You have to know that. I've been all around there. I've been talking all about false prophets and, and reading that. And I look, anyway, it, it, you, you have to have, li- anyway, I'll talk about that some other time. We're not right, not right at this moment. Uh, Eddie, you can be vilified all day long, but God's light guided you and sent an angel to bless you. That's right. And my kids. Man's consequences do not equal God's providence. You'll be stronger for this. Yes, and hopefully better. I'm not stronger yet, but hopefully, hopefully, if I focus on the discipline and we do this and doing the discipline of everything else, hopefully better. Hopefully better. Yeah, that's what we want to do. I, I, I go on to say, you know, for the people up here, I mean, I don't think people know, like, I am kind of a super religious person, but I don't let on on the air about that almost ever okay because it's a secular program these are the things that are on my these are the things that are on my desk or i should say on my um the 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 console where i have everything so um so this gentleman wants to uh wrap it up by giving his quick experience when you were in the we call it the pinta right uh 
that's uh, that's what it is but uh, i know you laugh but that's kind of what it's called <laughs> you, well, get, you get thrown in the pizza go ahead yeah eddie i just wanted to tell you that i i pretty much been through the experience and probably a little bit worse uh but i just want to let you know that even though you think you're alone you are supported by a lot of people that are probably unknown names and unknown faces to you but are really going through the same thing that you probably have and you'll get through this and uh i think you are a good man i think you're a good person and i think that in the long run you might look back and think oh, okay well this yeah. might have just humbled me a little bit but uh you'll be all right and uh yeah i just wanted to hear about your experience just a little bit to see if it was the same as i did i mean i got seared up and i was in with 60 guys that were snoring and partying and i mean that was miserable and sleeping in this little boat that the i mean it was yeah, you treat them basically like a little, little kid, and, and and then everybody's got their stories, and I just want to know how you dealt with either meeting the people that you were interacting with or if you even interacted with them, because at some point you get people that are like, hey, give me a T-shirt, give me your socks, or, you know, and you feel sorry for them because they're going to be locked up a lot longer than you. They're probably going to go for 20 years, and you're like, dude, I got a drawer full of this stuff. Take it. I'm out of here. You want to you know what my, uh, you're going to love this. <laughs> you you want to know what my uh, cellmate's name was? Tell me. Elijah. Oh, wow. Okay. There you go. That was probably an ancient disguise that we don't even know. <laughs> and he hardly talked. And I sat there and I asked him and he was 19 years old and he couldn't get a hold of his parents. And I said, is there anything I need to do for you? And he was, uh, Anyway, I don't want to say any more than that, but, you know. That's all you need to say, brother. That's all you need to say. Thank you, man. Have a good one. Hey, Uh, thank you. Yeah. Prayers to you, okay? Hey, prayers for everybody all around. Just toss them all around. Good thoughts, good vibes, good prayers, good all good stuff for everything. Rock rock and roll, brother. Rock and roll. All right. Good stuff. All right. Uh, I didn't want to say that. Um, Oh, uh uh anyway i respect the humbleness of eddie aragon regarding the generational curse of dwi and alcohol in general and i didn't even know i i didn't even know i had it but like this place you get kind of depressed you know what can we do to like get off of that that's murder mike says i've always stood by you over the years and now i really got your six sending you good thoughts and prayers you know right there eddie i pray for you every morning <laughs> listen to you i think we're all praying for each other and listen to you every day i still think you're a good man wasn't a good man that day but i'm gonna forgive myself we're all gonna forgive each other and forgive ourselves most of all and do better and hopefully do better not just for the next 24 days but 24 years whatever it takes to get out of this situation that we're all in follow you in the kiva go ahead hey eddie just wanted to reach out and say you got it more than tons of support there are a bunch of us that love you no matter what and i'm one of them and i'm really sorry that this happened but uh well i i did it i did it yeah well and you know i like that about you you know good old new mexican just owning it and uh nothing wrong with that and you know like i told you earlier uh it's almost like you're not even a real new mexican if you don't have one so uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> remember the joke I told you earlier, okay? Yeah, and yeah. the other thing I wanted to share with you is I am re- I have a feeling I know your cellmate, um, not as well as I know his mother, who is a very, very good friend of mine, and she's very, very worried about that young man. So let's all pray for him, please. 
Absolutely. In fact, I was more concerned about him. He was sad and he was doing a lot of shadow boxing and he was waiting to contact his girlfriend. He couldn't talk, talk to his girlfriend. I asked, could I make a phone call for you when I get out? Cause then I was getting out before him. And he said, no, I'm good. You know, he is real tough and he's a good looking dude. He is, uh, he's, he's physically fit, but, uh, he looks like he's ready to rumble. So I'm, uh, well, I'm, he- I'm worried about that. He's, he, he's, his mom is one of my best friends and just just the salt of the earth, Eddie. I'm not kidding you. Yeah. And uh, and she's asked everybody to please pray for him in that situation. So I'm glad it's on the air. And if everybody would just please pray for Elijah. Elijah. Uh, that, yeah. Yep, that would be great. That All would right. be awesome. Thanks for calling. Thanks, me. Eddie. All right. You got Good it, brother. Stuff. Wow. That's how small. It's a big, small town. <laughs> little, little big town, right? Hi, Eddie, this too shall pass. Leave it in God's hands. As Psalm 23 says, surely mercy and grace shall follow me all the days of my life. Mercy for the forgiveness of sin and grace in God's unmerited favor. My wife says it's too bad you aren't on the governor. Bad you aren't on the governor's staff. You know what he means by that. Yeah. Um, yeah, somebody, Jacob Candler. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about your situation. I got stopped for DUI in the late 80s. It turned into a criminal case with the DA at the time. I was looking at 45 years in Santa Fe. Bill Cooley represented me seven days, four day deliberation. It all came out in the report. It cost me 35K, but it was a small amount for my freedom. DUI dismissed on all charges. There you go. Prayers for Elijah. Let's pray for Elijah during the break. Bring it back for the 505 and the 505 when we return. Live 24 hours a day, Monday through Saturday. The Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM sixteen hundred KIV eighty two dot FM, RockofTalk dot com. Hour two coming at you from the AB two on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify, and apping at RockofTalk.tv, RockofTalk.com. And if you want to follow along with the show, just pick it up at RockofTalk.chat. You can uh, do that, and I uh, appreciate everybody who checked in. First hour, all the support. You know, I was on the uh, air with Greg Zanetti, you know, sort of when I started uh, last last week, and uh, he was out of town. He said, Eddie just heard, was out of town this past weekend. Ditto's on all your support you're getting on air. You know, the answer's up to God. Love hearing you express that sentiment. It's not how people start. It's how they finish your friend, Greg. And um, he is one of the very, very many people that are out there that, you know, I represent and I promote and I do that everything that I can. And, you know, we've been at this for a while. We've been doing this through everything that's been going on for the last two and a half years and everything since back in, you know, when I started everything back in 2014. Yeah. Eight years, folks. I remember the broadcast that I started doing, like finally I was able to run the station, do it. Now I can finally be on the air. That was, didn't happen until 2014. I had to run the station for three years before I could even be on the air. Cause I couldn't figure out how to, how to be on the air. Uh, Eddie, it's not easy. Face your demons head on. I'm doing the same now. I'll have a spiritual healing retreat. I'll be attending in New Jersey in three weeks. I can give you a report of how it goes. It might be something you could be interested in attending in the future. I need people. I need you guys. We need each other. You need people in your family and your friends. And this is the time to, to connect. We've been separated by so much. And, and there's still people out there telling themselves lies. Telling themselves that, no, it's this, it's this, it's this. Bill Maher, over the weekend, talking about overreacting to COVID caused huge losses, learning losses, inflation, 
It wasn't the pandemic. It was us. It was our reaction. Remember, your reaction to everything is what you will be determined, what you will be judged on. Okay? And you should always trust your gut and you will be also be judged on your manners. Always tell my kids that. I had to tell my kids about my DUI. I had to let them know about that so that they didn't hear it from any, anybody else, but they heard it from their dad. They heard it from their dad. We had a great weekend, just an absolutely stellar weekend. Just some even, some, uh, the call of, call of duty. My son is amazing at times. The little one is too. But here's Bill Maher. You know, my kids for literally more than a third of the young one's life have been dealing with COVID. Take a listen. Take a different tack on this. I mean, because you have made the point very often, Doc, that, uh, you know, you tried to point out how um, our reactions to threats are very often not rational and not proportional. So I said from the beginning, I thought we overreacted to COVID. Uh, now we're getting some information after a while. We have time to find out just how bad the collateral damage has been. Uh, here's just a few cases. The pandemic erased two decades of progress in math and reading. See, right away, I got to say, this pisses me off. I see these headlines all the time. The pandemic didn't do that. The way we handled the pandemic did that. The pandemic certainly was a thing. Now, remember, that's a liberal audience, by and large, that are li listening to, to Mars. This is how much it's, it's shifted. All you have to do is put it out there so that people can react, so that they can be supported. This is the part about connecting. If I can keep you separate, if, if people can keep you fearful, if they can get you questioning yourself, when you question yourself and you go against your own gut and your own better judgment, nobody knows you, your body, your mind, yourself, your family, the things you love, what you care about more than you do. But Bill's right on. Your reaction is oftentimes worse than the way that we should have done it. But let's not just say the pandemic, because it was not written in stone that we had to handle it the way we did. Uh, act scores are the lowest in 30 years. Um, anxiety and depression way up. The body mass index uh, increase doubled for kids. To just listen to all of these things. Nod your head in agreement and realize that people aren't even holding their politicians accountable for what they have done to them. 19. Drug overdose, overdose deaths. Murders way up. Inflation at a 40-year high. Domestic violence increased. Um, oh, and my favorite, car crashes. They couldn't figure this out. Like, we're way, way, way up. And finally, the ex I love this. This is the, the expert said. You know what it is? Well, he says some, some expletive. Like, people have gotten themselves in such a tip and such a rage about everything that they're just wrecking more. Their nerves, they've lost it running into things they, they don't know how to behave they're acting irrationally you're in a high-speed vehicle moving around thank god i was in park when i was pulled over you know thank you officers for that that's important you know. then there's the other side there's the other people who would explain it away and and here's neil degrasse tyson he's this uh the the smartest black guy in the world they called him i don't know who I don't know why race matters. Neil deGrasse Tyson, he's sort of the new Carl Sagan. Here's, here's how intelligent this man is. 
even the smartest amongst us, Dr. Fauci, Neil deGrasse Tyson, I don't know, the head of the CDC, the head of Boston Mass, the head of all these, we, we should listen to them. And, and we should have known that we should have listened to Michael Smirconish, who said, well, you know, the Great Barrington Declaration and all those doctors were on time with that real time giving you this information. You know who else was giving the stuff to you real time? I was. The entire time. Keeping people safe. I, I got a text yesterday from a woman who's like, she couldn't thank me more for giving her the courage to stand up. And she still has her job. She still has her job and her income and able to provide for herself. And they threatened her with an inch of her life and said that she was going to get fired if she did not take the vax. Because if, maybe if she took the vax, she'd be dead. Here's Neil deGrasse Tyson explaining the other side. We're rational, logical, reasonable. Let's trust them. It's not as cynical as you think it is. Of a year, year and a half of, of all the exchange, the mingling that you talked about last week. Yeah. We're never going to make That's that time up is my point. Can I put something in on this? Yeah. Uh, what you don't have is the benefit of the alternative scenarios to see how they would have come out to be able to judge whether what did happen was a lesser evil than other options that would have unfolded. You are going to love this. Wait, Maher serves it up. And so, so suppose, well, suppose actually, we, we do. actually we do, because other countries handled it differently. Sweden didn't handle it differently. Some of the places with the lowest vaccination rates turned out to have the best results. With really low population densities. Well, yeah. Yes. I mean, yes, there are different factors. There are. Yes, but so I think that matters. Yes, Listen, of course it matters. It's sort of a different well, you, factor. You, you just said. I'm well, going to an elevator well, in New York City. Well, to 50 Listen to the emotion from a scientist. Look at him losing his stuff because you're about to give me cognitive dissonance. I'm going to tell you exactly the opposite of what it is. And you better believe me because I'm the smartest African-American scientist in the world. He, he doesn't really think that. but Okay, okay. Right you, you, just, you just said that we can't make any judgments because we don't live in an alternative universe where America handled it differently. And I'm saying other places handled it differently. That does matter. It's a legitimate. I think it's a legitimate. I think we leave it right there. We know what has been proven out. You can get as emotional as you want. You can gaslight people, make them question things. Neil deGrasse Tyson is obviously vaxxed. Neil deGrasse Tyson obviously follows the science. These are the people who will lead you astray. Take back a quick break in three minutes. Back in three. Thanks for listening. Great Olivia Newton-John, uh, yeah, number one on this day with Frankie Valli. In the four seasons, it was actually just Frankie Valli, but there you go. Back in 1989, an earthquake measuring 6.9 in magnitude struck Northern California, killing 63 people and causing $6 billion uh, worth of damage. So return to the action there with uh, Bill Maher, and I'm getting lots of you know reaction on Bill Maher. People, people love Bill Maher now. They hated his guts. They absolutely hated his guts. We said, uh, 
was a point I couldn't stand. Bill Maher, recently I've come to view him as what might be called a classical liberal now. You may be skewed by how far the progressive left has gone, has went. Yes, no doubt. They have, I mean, everything's hyperbolic. Everything you've done to them, they, are, they self-victimize and then blame you. It's like someone's hitting themselves. It's like Edward Norton walking around in Fight Club the entire time. He's just self-victimization. An imaginary friend. <laughs> Tyler Durden, right? Okay, so forget COVID for a second. Let's just talk about the economy. I told you that there are two things that are going to lead the Republicans to victory across the country. And certainly here, if we could just get the local media, very corrupt local media, right? We could get them to focus on two things, crime and economy. So let's take the second one first. And the thing that is impacting everyone, in fact, it's getting worse. Because once they put these interest rates in place and they jacked it up three times in a row, 0 0.75, 0 0.75, 0 0.75, and it only impacted it, inflation on an annualized basis, less than 1%. With those three pushes, it's impacted the annualized inflation rate from like 94 to 8.5%. That's all it's gone down. It's like, what is going on here? Those interest rates should have a significant impact. So what they're talking about doing come November 1st, November 2nd for the next rate hike, that's where it's, it's already, it's a done deal. Okay. It's either 0.25 or 1.25, somewhere in the middle. It's going to be one point. They're going to try and get down inflation as quickly as they possibly can, because if they don't and things start trailing off and there's production issues and things are becoming so expensive, then nobody will be able to afford anything. The level of stagflation has increased dramatically over the last two and a half years, right? Negative growth with positive interest rates. It, it just, it's just it's going nowhere fast. So bring in Bernie Sanders, right? That's the end game, socialism. Print more money, make everybody have shared misery. Well, we, we're going to bail out these groups and these groups and these groups. We're going to have a wealth transfer, which means redistribution. They're doing that right now in Britain. As soon as uh, trust came in, what happened? They said, no, we don't like your program. We're, the, the currency is losing. It's becoming weak very quickly because you decided you're going to give tax breaks. Tax breaks would actually help. Problem is, the problem is, is they're having to ratchet up those interest rates. So if you have interest rates that are ratcheting up at the very same time you have tax breaks, you have that separation of those funds that exists between there and it's not enough to hold it together. So either the currency gets weaker or the economy gets stronger. Bernie Sanders, God help us, says American rescue plan had no impact on inflation. Let me tell you when inflation really started getting going once and again, and we, we just have that, they're introducing it everywhere. I just saw a notice just come up on my Apple computer over here. And it says, we're going to help you with the bailout. Here's how you apply the trillion dollar, trillion and a half dollar educational bailout. Senator Bernie Sanders said on Meet the Press that Biden's American Rescue Plan did not contribute to record high inflation. It absolutely has. Core inflation rose 6.6 .6 year over year, while the CPI fell to 8.2%. Notice the phrasing there. You mean maintained a high level at 8.2%. 
year over year, despite spiking 0.4% in August. What happened during that time? Well, the American Rescue Plan. Chuck Todd's asking, well, you know, you want to help us out? You want to give us some sort of idea about what's really happening here? Just because you don't think it's happening doesn't mean it's not happening. Well, listen to Bernie Sanders. Because Bernie Sanders is not going to acknowledge the truth. This is what's known, again, let's repeat it, cognitive dissonance. Senator, do you accept the criticism that the American Rescue Plan passed in, in early 2021 contributed to the current inflation issue we're dealing with now? No, I don't. Inflation right now, as I'm sure you know, Chuck, is an international problem. Uh, in Germany, it is 10%. UK, it is 10%. Canada, it is 7%. Inflation globally is caused by the pandemic and the break in supply chain. All right, boom, boom. They created the pandemic. The break in the supply chain? You want to talk about the break in the supply chain? That was manufactured. They were told to hold back and cut back on the supply chain. Uh, it is... Uh, caused by, in my view, yeah. <clears throat> the war in Ukraine, obviously. Oh, there's the third thing. All red herring, right? Nothing to see here, the red herring. That's all this is. This is all magic tricks. These are all false prophets selling you so they can get you to their agenda towards global socialism and communism. I, I, there's no mincing words here. That's exactly what is at stake. This is, they know this is about their agenda 2030. Bernie Sanders is right on board with this. He's bringing up sort of the back of the choo-choo train while the rest of the Democrats are like gaslighting people and say, well, you know what? This is pretty good. You need to focus on race. And for our guys over there, we need to blame everything else and make sure that they understand what shared misery is. Okay, we're all in this together. Germany, England, you know, it's an international issue. We all have to have equal suffering. And it is also caused by incredible corporate greed. And I hope every... Oh, here we go. The bell whistle, the dog whistle. Sorry, bell whistle, dog whistle, right? Especially the people who don't have anything. Blame the greedy corporations. Blame the greedy gas producers. This is where you create problems. And when those rich people or the rich people, or with people with wealth decide to start fighting back against the governor and say, the governments around the world and say, hey, we're not going to pay into your taxes any longer. You're killing us. And remember, during good times, the only people who pay taxes are people who are wealthy. And in bad times, they want to make sure everyone's paying taxes. Well, okay, you have to make up. How are you going to make it up? You can't blame it on the companies that aren't making any more profits anymore because there's no economic growth. So you have to start taxing all the people at the bottom. And so when you start taxing the people at the bottom, they've got to have somebody to blame because the rich people and the corporations can't pick up the bill for the rest of the world any longer. The governments only run based upon their tax collection that they get from corporations and wealthy individuals in good times. These aren't good times. How do you understand? Then when you go to the gas tank, you fill up your, your, your car today, the oil companies are making huge pro profits. Yeah. The food companies are making huge profits. Does anybody believe this crap? Does anybody believe any of this crap? Because if you do, you are part of the problem. If you believe anything that's coming out of this man's mouth, he is an idiot, top to bottom. The man never generated his own personal business or his own paycheck until well into the 1980s. This is a man who lived on subsistence from the government. This is a man who continued to get money from other 
places and programs. He doesn't know the first thing about wealth creation. They prescription drug, a high wow. pharmaceutical industry making huge profits. We got to deal with that issue. Why do you and think Republicans won't? By the way, there it is. We well, have a majority. It doesn't take much brain power to say this stuff. I mean, that's just not just not very smart. Just running around saying everyone's stealing and making all sorts of crazy money and like it's a, such a socialist ploy. It's old hat. And if you buy into this, you're a stupid person. You are. Look at yourself in the mirror. Say to yourself, I am a stupid person. Because I believe everything that Bernie Sanders has to say. Let's, let's let him top it off. Economists now and, and, uh, that believe a recession in the next 12 months is likely. Um, first of all, do you think the Federal Reserve is currently helping or hurting the situation? Oh, the other, the central bankers. They're bankers. I think they're hurting the situation. Oh, yeah, they're bankers. I think it is wrong to be saying that the way we're going to deal with inflation is by lowering wages and increasing unemployment that is not what we should be doing he's saying he doesn't like the increase in the interest rate the cost of money so this inflation thing is a real issue it is a global issue but at a time when working families are struggling then the people on yeah. top are doing phenomenally well oh. i don't think you well, go after working people so you wouldn't be raising interest working. rates anymore the, the people the, the, the people you know they're not working let's see what he says about the raising of interest rate or at this point that the, the damage has already been done in your view uh, uh, yes. Let me move to uh, a couple of. Wow. I leave it there. Shared misery. That's what they want. We did this to ourselves. We printed all of that money. All these people were hanging out at home, collecting checks. Did nothing for it. Back in three, your reaction to that. when we Mama, he's crazy. I've never been so loved. He beats all I ever see. And mama, he's crazy. He's crazy over me. Wow, the Judds. They were the best for quite a long while. Uh, during the 80s and the 90s, they actually broke up uh, on this day. Uh, the country mother-daughter act, the judge announced they would no longer perform together because Naomi, late great Naomi, had chronic hepatitis. Winona continued as a solo act. Also, uh, happy birthday to Norm! George Wentz, 74 years of age uh, on this day. Uh, Ebert and Roper. Roper is 63. And as I stated earlier, uh, Mike Judge, if we get some time, I'm going to play uh, his appearance on uh, on David Letterman. He's got some small little funny parts, but, you know, there's a local boy done really, really well. And, uh, hey, local boy, Jeff Bezos, done really well uh, as well. I get, can we say the same for Bill Gates? Uh, Mike Judge is probably the most likable of those three, of, of course, of Beavis and uh, Butthead fame. <laughs> yes. All right. So back to the inflation. Remember, inflation and crime. And I think we've got to keep the focus there if we're going to win the election. I wish the media would keep the focus there. They are not. If you keep the focus there, we are going to win this 24 days out. Okay. Now. Before we get to the top of the hour, I'm going to play something for you because politics is a shady game with some real, uh, I don't know if you can say shysters, some real shady people. I don't know what, what else you could say about this. But Karen Bedoni is perhaps the most disgusting politician that I have ever seen. I am absolutely disgusted with her behavior. 
the sore loser laws, I believe that somebody should sue her. I believe people should sue the people that have worked and enabled her this entire time. Okay. Because she isn't allowing us to make this about anything other than going full ad hominem. And by that ad hominem, I mean, uh, not against Michelle Lujan Grisham. In fact, if you support Karen Bedoni in any way, shape or form, let me say this about you. Okay. You want Michelle Lujan Grisham period. The end. I put it in the notes that this is what an MLG supporter looks like. It looks just like Karen Bedoni and her ilk and her kind and all the people that surround her calling themselves patriots. She is disgusting political creature. Now, here is her talking about not MLG, but about what makes her happy, what, what makes her, gives her peace as a political candidate. Okay. This is why we can't talk about crime. This is why we can't talk about the economy. Supposedly, supposedly, Michelle Lujan Grisham destroyed her funeral business. Supposedly, it destroyed her, her, her flower business. But I would have think the funeral business and the flower business would have been great for her. She was too busy running her mouth. And yeah, you know what? She, her and Alexis Martinez Johnson, they had a fight here in my studio. Based upon Karen Bedoni and all this, and I was fine, I didn't see everything, I would say that Karen Bedoni was as much the antagonizer, if not more, based upon how she's antagonizing during that time she was here in our studio at the Kiva. Her behavior is disgusting. And everybody who was down in Rio Doso, you will be named one by one along with all the uh, Karen Bedoni and David Clement supporters who are there in attendance with Steve Bannon and Mike Lindell. Because you guys are the patriots, right? You're the guys are the ones who are fighting this entire time, right? We're going to go after every one of you for what you guys are doing to preserve Michelle Lujan Grisham. And all you think, you have this pipe dream that you're going to somehow take over the Republican Party. There is no Republican Party to take over. There is no Bernalillo County Republican Party. There is none. What are they doing? What money do they have? Right now, the Republican Party is Mark Ronchetti and his, and his consultant, and dare I say, the consultant of many, many, many more people, Jay McCluskey. And you better start supporting them and their candidates all the way through because they have been the only people who have shown us the way. Okay? I helped a little bit with the uh, mayoral election. But getting those city councilors elected was a win was huge, tipping the balance of power of the city of Albuquerque. And instead of you guys trying to blast those people, and yeah, I'm not happy with uh, whatever her, um, Brooke Basson, but we, hopefully we can work on her coming around. We have the balance of power 5-4. Here you are, disgusting Karen Bedoni. I'm ashamed I ever knew you. Take a listen. The only comfort I find in this race is that man cannot win with me in the way. That man cannot win this race. He will never be governor as long as I am alive and well and in this race. What? Hey, that, that is somebody who's only going against Mich uh, Mark Runkett. I don't hate many people. I don't know that I hate anybody. But at this moment, with this, at this particular time, 
and the two people that pop up on Twitter, which by the way, I'm off Twitter. I'm, I'm on parlor going forward. Kanye bought it. I love Kanye. I love what Kanye is standing for, what he's doing. I love where he's getting banned. He's flexing that first amendment muscle. One more time, Karen Bedoni and her fat mouth. The only comfort I find in this race is that man cannot win with me in the way. That man cannot win this race. He will never be governor as long as I am alive and well and in this race. If you libertarians, if you Karen Bedoni, get Michelle Lujan Grisham reelected in this state, we are going to hold you and the rest of the people accountable. You'll never have a position anywhere in this state. We have good governance that we have to get to. We had a good eight years, maybe not the best eight years, but pretty darn good. Otherwise, Michelle Lujan Grisham wouldn't be hitting it so hard. Susanna Martinez, when she left office, she left Michelle Lujan Grisham $2.8 billion to play with. The woman has since spent it all, grabbed another $26 billion, spent all of that. And why is your focus on Mark Ronchetti and not on Michelle Lujan Grisham, especially all that we've been through for the last four years? All that small businesses and COVID lockdowns and the various other things that you seem to have been victimized? It seems to me that you're nothing more than just an opportunist, which I see with so many Republicans. Jay Block would be the prime example of that. Jay Block was down there in Rio Doso. Jay Block and what he's done to, to, to uh, Mark Ronchetti, they've even used his tweets. They get used in commercials to help Michelle Lujan Grisham. I told Lead Marker, I said, I can't stop you from putting ads. You can go ahead and do it. He said, no, I'm going to stay on the ballot. We don't need write-in candidates. I don't know where we got this idea that we somehow need write-in candidates. You vote Republican. I put out an email to the entire Republican Party, and I let them know. I said, if you are not going to vote for Republicans, you need to leave the party right now. David Clements, and this is where all my attacks are coming from. They're coming from Bedoni and Block and Clements, and they're using other people to go ahead and do it because they want to attack me. You want to attack me? You just attacked yourself. If you want Michelle Lujan Grisham, to be governor for another four years so you can preserve your pathway to power, get the hell out of the state. You're a carpetbagger, Clements. You're a carpetbagger, Jay Block. You're a carpetbagger, uh, Karen Bedoni. Okay? I don't care about Mexican Springs. I don't even know where the heck it's at. And I don't care about what you're doing. You shouldn't be getting any, not one iota, and I'm glad you were left out of the debate because you don't even qualify. Not from an IQ standpoint, not from an educational standpoint, and certainly not as a gubernatorial candidate for a party that you just joined this year. The Libertarian Party. The Libertarian Party does not even want you. You just destroyed the Libertarian Party. Good on you. And the rest of you guys who went down to Riadoso, which includes Audrey Trujillo, they won't, they won't be a part of the Republican Party once this is done. They will not. There's no room for them. The real Republicans have voted Republicans. They've stayed Republicans and they've supported Mark Ronchetti and every other Republican down the ticket, period. We've gone from 47th and 48th to 50th and 51st and everything. And you mean to tell me it's okay to go ahead and attack 
probably the most likable, affable gubernatorial candidate that the Republicans have had. Maybe ever. I mean, certainly as nice as Gary Carruthers and somebody that's electable. He may not be your brand of conservative, but we could win with him if you stop getting in the way, Karen Bedoni. The only comfort I find in this race is that man cannot win with me in the way. That man cannot win this race. He will never be governor as long as I am alive and well and in this race. I hope you guys do something about it. We'll be happy to go ahead and, uh, you know, uh, I got to say, folks, flood her and her campaign and all the people support her every way they can. Well, way down yonder on the Chattahoochee, it gets hotter than a hoochie-coochie. We laid rubber on the Georgia asphalt. We got a little crazy, but we never got caught. Down by the river on a Friday night, pyramid of cans in the pale moonlight. Talking about cars and dreaming about women. Never had a plan, just a living for the minute. Yeah, way down yonder on the Chattahoochee. Never knew how much that muddy water meant to me. But I learned how to swim, and I learned who I was. A lot about living and a little about love. Jackson, happy birthday to uh, the Chattahoochee from, uh, what was he, Florida, I think. Uh, just kind of got into Alan Jackson as of late, uh, <laughs> 64 years old. Uh, courageous man, uh, man with some family problems, but uh, he's gone through it. And I think one of the, the gentlemen of country music and uh, I guess uh, Karen and her, uh, <clears throat> yes, uh, that, that mouth of hers. That she's running uh this is a lot of people have a bad reaction to this the only comfort i find in this race is that man cannot win with me in the way that man cannot win this race he will never be governor as long as i am alive and well and in this race all right so she's uh snakes are moving she's got 318 comments she was live she has 244 likes and i don't know what she was talking about but she made sure to go ahead and Oh, I'm I'm a snake. Uh, no, you're the snake. You're the snake in the grass that is going to keep Michelle Lujan Grisham in power for another four years. Karen, you're a political neophyte. You don't know very much. Uh, we were not very smart, I think, to get behind you. You placed third in the con- third congressional district race. You had every excuse in the book. You didn't campaign. You don't raise money. You're a terrible candidate top to bottom. You know that you are. Um, all the bluster and uh, brash talk that you have is uh, going to have some dangerous consequences for our state, and you don't care. And that is the long and the short of it. And for the rest of you patriots uh, who seemingly are on this Bodoni team of Bodoni Tough, like I said before, I'll say it, say it to, to you again. The people who went down to Rio Dosa and the people on Karen Bodoni's team, you guys will pay the price politically for what you've done. There is uh, no doubt about that in my mind. 550-5500, that's 550-5500. Thanks to Raphael Stansberry. All you have to do is go to rockoftalk.chat and uh, go ahead and uh, pull up that and share that as often as you can. Uh, Shows Karen uh, who she really is. And I think you you need to understand that. You know, I thought she was a Trump supporter. I thought she was a good Republican. She said she'd be a Republican forever. You know, you you can't game the system. You just can't. You gotta, you, you, you're not going to be able to figure out how to sort of back in. You just have to win a majority of the votes. When you claim that you can, and you're polling at, I don't know, 5% and dwindling, 
latest polls have her coming in at 3%. Oh, I thought she had 19. And some of you Patriots say that she had like 19% or something, right? Or 22% or, oh, Karen's going to beat Michelle Lujan Grisham and Mark Ronchetti. Oh, my gosh. That's, but that might be, if we lose everything, that'll be the only sweet thing will be for the night is that how much all of those people will be hated. They will be absolutely hated because they will have stood in front of the one candidate that could have got it done. I get that Mark Ronchetti wasn't a Trump supporter, that he didn't support the orange one. Who cares at this point? We just care about getting Michelle Lujan Grisham out of there. I thought that's the name of the game, okay? They've been gaslighting us. They've been going after Donald Trump on the January 6th. All of Trump's friends have been running away from him, right? Even Roger Stone. Roger Stone. Steve Bannon a little while ago, you know, had to get away from Donald Trump. Donald Trump hasn't missed. The poor guy's gone through everything. He's gone to hell and back, getting subpoenaed last week. And here you go. Uh, you might as well be on the liberal TV, uh, Karen Bedoni. You're just looking for fame. You were, you were really upset when Elisa Martinez, oh, she got the limelight because she was Senate candidate. You put that whole thing together so you could feature you're the Native American. She's not the Native American. Remember all that, all the whining and complaining that you did about that? You were so angry and so upset you couldn't get along with Elisa Martinez because she was representing the Native peoples, and, and, and I don't know why they paid attention to her instead of you. I don't know why they featured her on Turning Point and not you. Remember that when it was all about you, Karen Bedoni? You remember that? Remember how much you hated and you fought, fought with Elisa Martinez over a few dollars spent at, a, at an event? Remember that? How about that? Why don't you just jump on with Deb Holland and your friend uh, David Bearshield? Okay. Why don't you jump on with those turncoats? I think that's what you should do. Because we, I know what David Bearshield's all about. I know what you're all about. I know what Deb Holland's all about. You're just Native American opportunists. That's who you are. That's who you will always be. You can't play at this level. You've shown that. Placing a distant third in a CD3 race and a distant third in a gubernatorial race when nobody even knows your name and you got two little clippings. Okay? Somebody who could have got elected statewide is somebody like Elisa Martinez. Absolutely. You ain't her. You can't give speeches like her. You're not as pretty and as nice as her. You aren't as accomplished. She uh, represents the pro-life issue. You're on the libertarian side. You're pro-pot. You're pro-choice. That's, that's the platform you represent. Go talk to your libertarians, Karen Bedoni. They don't support you. Within your own party, the Libertarian Party, they do not support you. I don't know what cadre of people you think that you're running with. These people who are freedom fighters, you ain't that. Understand who you are. Get out of the race now. I've asked you to do it before. I would take my advice. Get out of the race. You have no business in this race. You will be cutting your own throat in three weeks, and everyone will hate you. Everyone. Donald Trump facing off against, uh, talk about hyperbolic, the victimization. 
Take a listen to this uh, little soundbite on uh, MSNBC. Mueller ethos emanated, I'm, I'm sure, from his own personal code, Peter but Strzok. also post 9-11. And I worked in the administration in which he served as FBI director. And what he sort of gave birth to in the lexicon was we, the FBI would never again, first of all, fail to sync up with the CIA and all sorts of artificial and, and real walls were torn down. And they would never again fail to connect the dots. I've not heard one utterance of connecting the dots from Christopher Wray in the days after the deadliest attack on the U.S. Capitol. De- deadliest attack on the U.S. Capitol. In our, you know, in history. In history. This is the deadliest day in the, the U.S. history, January 6th, J6. Nicole, I think that's right. And I think if you look at the scale in terms of the threat to democracy, I mean, 9-11 was a tragedy. We lost thousands of lives in a horrific way. We still mourn to this day. But when you look at something that is an attack on democracy, something that could actually bring about a fundamental change to American governance as we understand it, 9-11 is nothing compared to January 6th. And the fact that the FBI and the rest of the government, if they are not on the same sort of war footing that we were on, in the weeks and months and years after 9-11, shame on everyone. This is a far greater threat to our constitutional democracy than anything we faced in the past 20 or more years. Now, we all know this to be complete and total falsehood. This is more bluster coming from the FBI. This is literally a fabrication that's coming from the FBI and Peter Strzok and what they're saying. That's Wallace right there. Peter Strzok adding, 9-11 is nothing compared to January 6th. What's up is down. What's in is out. What's up, you know, this has to stop, but it's not going to. And when, as long as we have controlled opposition on our end and we don't have people who were behind Donald Trump, staying behind Donald Trump, being steadfast behind Donald Trump and the rest of the Republicans and, and looking for opportunists or opportunity wherever they can possibly find it. This gives these guys ample oxygen and opportunity for them to go ahead and say what they want to say because they're, they're enabled. Michelle Lujan Grisham is enabled by Karen Bedoni. You're seeing that right now. The Democrats are eating this stuff up. They absolutely love this. Hollywood doing the same thing. George Clooney doing ad hominem at the very same time as they manufacture this crisis while Donald Trump's getting subpoenaed. Why is, why is he getting subpoenaed and for what? He finally uh, responded to this whole thing. And I'll give that to you after the top of the hour and how he responded last week to a very, very difficult week for him. Difficult week for anybody associated with Donald Trump. You certainly know what happened with Alex Jones. I'm not justifying anything Alex Jones said. I am not, okay? But $965 million to the Sandy Hooked victims? How, how do we rationalize that? The biggest penalty to anybody involved in the 2008 financial crisis, as somebody said last week, was to the tune of about 65 million. How do we get to 965 million? Because they want to silence the voice and they want to keep us from victory. How can people at this point be divided up against our own party? Even people who participated in the gubernatorial debates at the beginning of the year. Now they run off and they go start off their own thing. Same thing I had to say about Mike Pence. Hour three, you and me, one more check on traffic with Rudy out at Slate Street Billiards up in Rio Rancho. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Live 24 hours a day, Monday through Saturday, The Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque. 
Talk AM 1600 KIV FM Rock of Talk dot com here. Ziggy Marley, happy 54th birthday, and the Melody Makers. I, I was really into them. Uh, you know, was, went to that whole hip hop, I don't know, uh, reggae, and a lot of Shinehead, a lot of, uh, I don't know, all sorts of stuff that I used to be into back in the day. Lots of uh, people, you know, chiming in on Karen Bedoni. Um, she has this small cadre of people who are in this tight echo chamber who just talk about corruption all the time, but they literally are running on no issues. They have nothing. They have absolutely nothing. So a uh, vote for Mark Ronchetti is uh, a vote for someone who could actually beat Michelle Lujan Grisham. And I, I mean, I laugh at Karen's bank account, if her expense reports, the, the stuff that she spends money on. I mean, why? Karen, just get out of the race. Seriously. What, what are you doing? What are you fighting for? Like you couldn't even win in the primary. You couldn't even place in the primary. You couldn't get enough signatures within your own party, a party, which you claimed that you thought you would never leave. You said you would never leave. I've been a Republican for life. I'll die as a Republican. I mean, we can go to the, we can roll tape if you want. Bedoni is on a big fat ego trip. <laughs> she only goes to places like Portales or Bloomfield. She can't hack a real city. I probably uh, agree with that. I got the Facebook. She she goes right to guns with me. Uh, by the way, I'm not on social media, but that, that's fine. You could say whatever you whatever you want about the fact that I'm on social media. There's other people who operate other things that are on my social media that I had from last year. I think 84 ABQ or whatever. That's that's run by other people. I don't run that. If they want to use my name and they see what I say, then that's fine. But I don't I don't do that. Uh, Eddie, I definitely think the Democrats are paying for Karen Bedoni. To stay in the race. I hope there's an investigation. I think there should be an investigation into definitely into Karen Bedoni uh, on this. And just, you know, nothing criminal, but I think it should be looking into the sore loser laws. But remember, this all benefits the Democrats. So there'll never be an investigation into all this. This is what is known as controlled opposition, uh, folks. So you need to understand that. Um, I hope that B chokes on all those words, okay? Just reading it. What people think of you, Karen. My car insurance has gone from $120 to $150 a month, even though I haven't had a ticket in 20-plus years and been in an accident in 12 years. Guess what my insurance agent told me the reason is? It's not corporate greed. It's from an astronomical increase in car thefts and vandalism in the greater Albuquerque area, another way that Michelle Lujan Grisham is costing you. Eddie, it's not easy to come clean and go on the radio with your supporters like you have this evening. I have a lot of respect for you, how you've handled it. It is being called a man. Keep up the good work and the good fight. That's from Duke. Thank you, Duke. Appreciate that. Uh, Wayne, who's one of my favorite listeners, um, one of my most connected guys. 
you know, he wants the radio to work the way he wants it to work all the time. And I do love that about you, Wayne. Yes, Karen Baloney and Gruesome together to screw Ron Kennedy win. Gross BB pig. Okay. There you go. Uh, Eddie, how can Bernie Sanders blame it on the Republicans when they had control of the House and Senate and the White House? If you believe a word coming out of his guy's mouth, you're a fool and you are getting played. Uh, Eddie, Isabel here. Sorry to hear everything you've been going through. Seems like everyone is just so stressed out. God is our only answer, but we're resisting what he wants for us. This election has got to go our way and maybe it won't. So we have to remain calm. I had stopped listening to you. I just thought you were talking louder than I enjoy listening to. I'm listening to you right now. You seem calmer. Sorry, we didn't keep in touch. Uh, she was mad because, um, and she's great. She did a lot of work for me and her late husband was a really, really good man. And they had a whole COVID situation that happened where she was not able to see him the last nine days, nine days of his life. Okay. She got upset because I wouldn't support, um, Michelle Garcia Holmes in the primaries for Luis Sanchez. I'm like, Luis Sanchez, we need to give somebody new a chance. The Republican Luis Sanchez, not the uh, city council Democrat, right? And the, we had to give Luis I mean, you saw that debate. That that debate was, we don't have a chance in CD1, folks. And we needed to have a chance. We don't have a chance. I'm, I'm still going to vote for Michelle Garcia Holmes, but I hope she never runs again. We needed Luis Sanchez to run. He, Luis had to do a better job of just, you know, you got to camp campaign, get out of there. Uh, if anything could, could be said about me is that I didn't get in early enough, whatever. Okay. I didn't want to run. Thank God. I don't have to run anymore. My gosh. Uh, Eddie, the question is why she does not want this man to be governor. That is interesting. Now, why, why, what, what is it? What do you have? You, you think it's all corrupt. You think the people who were with Susanna were corrupt all the time. Did you eat all that stuff? Believe everything that was said. People had a state to run. They don't have a chance to mess around with you. They just really don't. All right, 550-5500. That's 550-5500. Don't forget, you can find us on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And don't forget, uh, download the apps at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. On this day in uh, 2018, residents of the Florida panhandle community of Mexico Beach, who had fled Hurricane Michael a week earlier, returned home to find homes, businesses, and campers ripped to shreds. Storm had killed 59, caused more than 25 billion, billion in damage in Florida, Georgia, Carolinas, and Virginia. And just five years ago, just hours before President Donald Trump, greatest president in the history of this country, latest travel ban was due to take effect. A federal judge in Hawaii blocked most of the ban, saying it suffered from the same flaws from the previous version. U.S.-backed Syrian forces also on this day five years ago gained control of the northern Syrian city of Raqqa, which was then the heart of the Islamic State and group self stylized caliphate. Now I did join. I have been on parlor in the past, but I got away from like all social media. I'm like, Oh my gosh, Kanye bought parlor. And I was so excited. I'm like, Oh, I don't need anything else because I know Kanye will follow through. He's crazy enough to follow through on everything. He really is. Here it is folks. The rapper formerly known as Kanye West is offering to buy right-wing friendly social network parlor. Now, Candace Owens is the wife to the CEO, George Farmer. I'm not making it up. That's his real name, George Farmer, of Parler. They did this. They engineered. They, they hit on all of these pieces, and they nailed it. They totally, totally trolled everybody out there. White lives matter. That was awesome, right? 
Yasmin Kim's shortly after West was blocked from posting on Twitter and Instagram and for anti-Semitic posts. According to the AP, West, who is legally known as Yee, was locked out of Twitter and Instagram a week over the anti-Semitic post that the social network said violated their policies. So much for Elon. In one post on Twitter, you said he would soon, quote, go death con three on Jewish people, according to the Internet Archive records, making an apparent reference to the U.S. Defense Readiness Condition Scale, known as DEFCON. Potential purchase of Parler would give you control of social media platform and a new outlet for his opinions with no gatekeeper. What if, what if, maybe, what if you got his mispronunciation, right? DEFCON, DEFCON, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. I'm proud to be part of Parlor. Follow me at Rock of Talk on Parlor. Back after a quick break here in three. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you and take it slowly. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you. And make you Now that I escape, sleep, walk away. Those who correlate know the world they kick. Jail bars ain't golden gates. Those who fake they break. When they meet their 400 pound made if I Wycliffe Jean, 54 years old as well today. Or no, 53, excuse me. Uh very, very good. Fuji's right there. Remember they rattle off all those Grammys, I don't know, about 20 or so years ago and then I don't know what happened after all that. Great, great band uh, back in the day. Um, I guess Free Talk Live is making a transition. So, you know, I want to hear people. So one of the parts that I'm a little bit concerned, do you guys, you know, like Ben Ferguson more or Free Talk Live? Uh, Free Talk Live can be live from 5 to 8, or I can run it a little bit later. Uh, As you know, our Super Saturday lineup from 1130 all the way until 3 a.m., on Sunday, but I'd love to hear if you'd rather hear Ben Ferguson. I'd rather hear Ben Ferguson myself or Free Talk Live. So let me know what uh, you want, what you need there as far as programming. That would uh, be pretty good uh, to me. So, all right, let's uh, race through the news, shall we? 550-5500. That's 550-5500. Uh, five key moments from the Walker-Warnock debate in Georgia. Also, uh, that link there for... Karen, it's official. Hatefield libertarian Karen Bedoni and all libertarians support Michelle Lujan Grisham. Also, uh, bitter Roger Stone blasting Trump. Run against, and you'll get your effing brains beat in. That's no bueno. Why, why would you talk like that? All right, let's get to the uh, local wire briefs here for this October the 17th here on a Monday. Authorities say here in Albuquerque, a man has been arrested for allegedly assaulting his girlfriend and then dousing the couple's bedroom in gasoline and bleach. Albuquerque police say the 35-year-old Gideon Michael Robles was on probation and wearing an ankle monitor at the time of the alleged assault on Saturday. They say Robles was arrested Sunday, booked into jail on suspicion of aggravated battery against a household member by strangulation and other charges. According to the Albuquerque Journal, court records show Robles was sentenced to serve four years in prison and five years probation beginning January 2018 as part of a plea agreement in a case where he was accused of selling methamphetamine in McKinley County. At Roswell, the officials say the UFO festival had an economic impact of more than $2 million. Roswell Daily Record reports the Roswell City Council's Finance Committee looked earlier this month at the event's economic report. It had indicated more than 40,000 visitors came to the four-day festival this summer, including one Clyde Lewis. Thank you, Clyde, for heading on down there and uh, putting us on the map yet again. He uh, travels every year for the 4th of July to uh, Roswell. The cost for the city of the Mount was no more than $200,000. 
on the staff who put the report together for the gross receipts taxes, occupancy, and lodgers tax, ticket sales, another factor. This year's festival marked the 75th anniversary of the 1947 Roswell incident. The Army's announcement has said it had recovered debris, not a flying disc, but has fueled speculation about the extraterrestrials for years. Out of Phoenix, Arizona, the federal government is demanding that the state remove double-stacked shipping containers Place to fill gaps in the wall along the U.S.-Mexico border. Well, of course, that's exactly what they want. They want to make sure to open up those borders. Yeah, the federal government's asking this, folks. Saying that they are unauthorized and violate U.S. law. The uh, Kokopa Indian tribe in southwestern Arizona welcome the call to take down the containers, of course, right? Turncoats. And the latest rift between the Biden administration and the Republican-led border states of how to prevent the illegal border crossings. Now, the Bureau of Reclamation says it wants to prevent conflicts with two federal contracts already awarded and two more pending to fill gaps near the Morelos Dam in the Yuma, Arizona area, which actually is quite beautiful if you like the desert uh, place. But Yuma is nice. Uh, out of uh, Plimpton, Massachusetts, police say as many as 20 people were arrested when striking truckers used tractor trailers to block the exits of the New England's largest wholesale food distributor. Police said more than 400 Teamster union members arrived at the Cisco facility in Plimpton, Massachusetts on the early morning Monday and stopped about 100 employees from leaving. Police say after two hours of negotiations, 16 to 20 people were arrested on charges, including disorderly conduct and assault and battery. About uh, 300 Cisco drivers represented by the Teamsters started their strike on October 1st for better pay and benefits. Messages seeking comment were left with union representatives. Out of Washington, a new poll shows 71% of voters think the future of the country is at stake when they vote in November's midterm elections. Because it is. That's according to the new poll from the Associated Press Nork Center for Public Affairs Research. Poll findings suggest voters are motivated to turn out despite deep pessimism about the state of U.S. politics and dissatisfaction with the country. With less than a month ago, about 8 in 10 registered voters say casting their ballot this year is extremely or very important. That's true of voters who prefer Republicans win majorities in Congress and those who want to see Democrats remain in control. Well, nationally, out of New York, Donald Trump's private company arranged for the Secret Service to pay for rooms for his properties in excess of government-approved rates at least 40 times during his pregnancy or presidency. <laughs> yeah, he was pregnant with a presidency. Feels that way, right? I mean, he continues to have to carry all this stuff around including two charges for more than $1,000 or $1,100 a night. Are we re like, does anybody want to run for office after seeing all the stuff that Donald Trump has had to go through? Honestly, I, I can't even imagine this. They're going to come after based upon what they, he stayed at my hotels. They're like the best hotels. That's the going rate. It doesn't matter what you determine that the rate's going to be. Secret Service wanted to stay there. That's what it costs to stay there. That's the fair market. What about the fact that this man didn't even charge you to run this country for four years, but 16 bucks? I digress. That is according to documents released Monday by a congressional committee. This is what your Congress is doing. They're spending their time going through how much Donald Trump's hotels charge the Secret Service, investigating the former president. The House Oversight Committee said the Secret Service was charged more than $800 a night, at least 11 times by his properties. Oh, my God. Trump organization designed anything improper. Well, that's probably the going rate. It said it provided rooms to the Secret Service at cost or deep discounts, adding that its business did not profit at all from the presidency. Well, Steve Bannon, the Justice Department is arguing that Bannon should serve six months behind bars, I'd say at least, 
and pay $200,000 fine for defying a congressional subpoena from the House Committee investigating January 6th insurrection of the U.S. Capitol. Uh, I'm, I'm not interested in that. I'm more interested in the money for the wall. <sighs> Prosecutor said money that the longtime ally of former President Donald Trump, no, he's not an ally anymore, should serve that sentence because he pursued what they called a bad faith strategy of defiance and contempt. Um, okay. That also points to statements of disparaging the committee. Bannon's attorneys deny that he was acting in bad faith. It's actually been quite compliant, I should say. They're asking a judge to set aside mandatory minimum sentencing rules and give him probation. Bannon is sentenced, is to be sentenced on Friday. Out of Jackson, Mississippi, this is a good one. Congress is investigating the crisis that left 150,000 people in Mississippi's capital city without running water for several days in the late summer. Yeah, you remember this. Reps Benny Thompson of Mississippi and Carolyn Maloney of New York sent a letter to Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves on Monday requesting information on how the state is spending federal funds allotted to enhance local water infrastructure. The pair of congressional Democrats requested a breakdown of where the state sent funds from the American Rescue Plan and the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law. Reeves and Jackson Mayor Chukwi Antar Lumumba also traded barbs about a state proposal seeking a private contractor to run Jackson's water system for one year. And finally, nationally, former President Barack Obama is about to hit the campaign trail. And I don't get this at all, but here you go. Ahead of the November 8th election. But first, he and former First Lady Michelle Obama came home to vote. Uh, I thought they lived in Washington, D.C. Two arrived at the downtown Chicago Board of Elections super site shortly after noon. Voted left. Former president is about to hit the campaign trail in Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin. On behalf of Democrats running for office in those states, his first planned stop is in Atlanta, hot Atlanta, where on October 28th, he will appear on behalf of Stacey Abrams, of course, a Democrat running for governor. And finally, in global news out of Brussels, NATO has begun. Take heed, folks. It's annual nuclear exercises in Northwestern Europe as tensions simmer over the war in Ukraine and President Vladimir Zelensky or Putin's threat to use any means to defend Russian territory. 14 of NATO's 30 member countries are taking part in the exercise along with 60 aircraft, including fighter jets, surveillance, and refueling planes. The bulk of the aircraft, including fighter jets, uh, the bulk of the war games will be held at least 1,000 kilometers from Russia's border. U.S. long-range B-52 bombers are also involved in the maneuvers, dubbed Steadfast Noon, which run until October 30th. NATO is not permitting media access. The exercises were planned before Putin ordered Russian troops into Ukraine in February. Russia also usually holds its annual maneuvers around the same time. Out of Rome, Italy's presumed next premier. What do you mean presumed? She was elected. Giorgia Maloney and former premier Silvio Berlusconi are seeking to put days of acrimony behind them over possible cabinet picks. They met and presented a united front on Monday before they go into the formal consultations over the formation of Italy's first far-right-led government since World War II. Now, officials from Maloney's Brothers of Italy and Berlusconi's Forza Italia parties so the meeting was carried out in a spirit of unity and intentions and maximum cordiality and collaboration. Now, the readout aimed to put a slew of negative headlines about fractures in the center-right coalition to rest before formal consultations on forming a government begin. Out of Berlin, Germany has now announced it is issuing fines. Here you go. Of 5.125 million euros against the operations of messaging app Telegram <laughs> for failing to comply with the German law. Whatever. Telegram's a good platform. The Federal Office of Justice said Monday that Telegram hasn't established a lawful way for reporting illegal content or named an entity in Germany to receive official communication. Now, both are required under German laws that regulate large online platforms. German officials said they have repeatedly failed in their attempts to 
serve papers to Dubai-based Telegram, despite support from authorities in the United Arab Emirates. Now, German federal police warned earlier this year that the app is becoming a medium for radicalization. <laughs> and finally, a Chinese official said the government plans to boost coal production through 2025 to avoid a repeat of last year's power shortages. Now, that adds to the setbacks and the efforts out of cl- to cut climate-changing carbon emissions, of course. And the biggest global source is China. China is a big investor in wind and solar, but jittery Communist Party leaders called for the more coal-fired power after economic growth slumped last year and shortages caused blackouts. Deputy Director of the National Energy Administration said Beijing aims for coal production to rise to 4.6 billion tons by 2025. That would be a 12% increase over last year's 4.1 billion tons. Back in three, you and me. Last two segments, I'll open the phone lines if you want to talk here in the Kiva. with that for so long. Chris Kirkpatrick is 51. We're all getting a little old, folks. NSYNC! Bye-bye-bye. I'm uh, okay to say bye-bye-bye to that forever. Uh, NSYNC. (laughs) I wasn't into it. Uh, The boy bands, all that stuff. But hey, you know what? Uh, People were. They liked it. They sold a lot of records, made a lot of money, and uh, I don't know. They got stuck in their head, and you know that song, whether you want to say that you know it or you don't. Uh, You've definitely heard it uh, before. So, okay. So there's the January 6th stuff, and they're using all that uh, against us. Donald Trump has done minimal campaign events. When he does do it, they're very effective, particularly in Pennsylvania, or he's done one in Michigan, war in Michigan lately. I think he did another one in Wisconsin. I mean, the man can just flat out campaign. He's got great energy. Uh, I think that the message is good. Certainly his supporters, which is you and me and everybody else that seemingly that was out there. Now they're hiding. Now they don't have to hide. Now they can be on Parlor. You're not going to get banned on Parlor. You can say whatever the f you want on Parlor. Just remember that, folks. Okay, that's what's going to be cool about uh, Kanye. It's going to be just a place where people are just going to flock to that. Like, it's never going to. Elon Musk will never be able to make Twitter what Parlor is going to be. I mean, the the thing about Parlor, it's video, it's it's everything, and then you're getting away from all that TikTok nonsense. I got to say, I, I, I couldn't get into TikTok because I felt like I was being controlled. That's what we don't want, right? That's like in a different way. It's sort of like slurping your brain directly out of your, your head. That's the way it feels to me. Let's get to the uh, January 6th. Here's, there's the gaslighting that's going on by Chuck Schumer, okay? Remember, they're trying to say that we're hateful, horrible, terrible human beings. Anybody that uh, supported... Donald Trump, and then, of course, anybody that was there at the Capitol. Take a listen. Officer came over to me. He grabbed me by the collar like this. I'll never forget it. And said, Senator, you're in danger. We got to leave. As you may have seen in the video clips, they show us going through, going out of the Senate chamber, making a right turn, going through a door. And we were within 20 feet of these hooligans. Had one of them had a gun. Had two of them blocked off the door, and Lord knows what happens. And the next thing you see on the film is us running the other way, and we avoided them and went to that secret place where uh, Speaker Pelosi's daughter did that recording. We didn't know no. she was recording. It was news to me. Oh, we didn't know she was recording. No, you had an entire film crew that day. You knew exactly what was going to happen, how it was going to happen. You were going <coughs> to, excuse me, you were going to move all the barriers to move, bring everybody in. Don't forget, 
Chuck Schumer, who you are and the setup that you did. We don't need to listen to you or AOC or, you know, Nancy Pelosi about what happened. We know, and you won't let it go. Now, they're doing a little bit of gaslighting on on another measure, and that's to sort of tell us how bad we are, and we're, we're, we're pulling out all the stops, much like January 6th. Like, they're, they're doing that now. Why are they doing that? Because they've already baited you. They've, 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 they've moved through the brain grooves. They've quit, created the grooves in the people's brains so that they believe this garbage. Isn't the fact that we've seen yeah, the evolving of uh, this whole performative kind of politics from uh, Sarah Palin to what we have now, oh, Carrie Lake and the like. Oh, just throw just uh, whatever we are. Just throw it up against the wall. Al Sharpton, the ultimate race baiter. The ultimate poverty pimp, Al Sharpton. From uh, Sarah Palin to what we have now, Carrie Lake. And All the- those good-looking white women. All the way, they're just doing these crazy things. Like Donald Trump choosing Herschel Walker. Isn't it also that... Herschel Walker, that, that fine-looking Christian black man out there that we didn't let him display a badge the other night, but uh, Carrie Lake and... Sarah Palin. The Democrats have not, on the other side, been able to connect with their base in a way that would energize and offset a lot of what... Oh, that's our fault? Maybe you should uh, take into account that, much like Chuck Schumer, like, you're just telling lies. When things are don't resonate, when things are hollowed out and they're lies, people see through them, they're not going to join in with you. They don't care about how much they hate Donald Trump. They're, they're, you know, people are pretty objective. Just because you aren't Al Sharpton, just because you aren't Chuck Schumer, doesn't mean that you know the people are just going to go away because you're. I hate Sarah Palin, Carrie Lake, Herschel Walker. But has clearly tapped into something ugly, but something that is oh. moving. A lot of people to vote for the Republicans because they're hitting them where they live, and the Democrats have not hit the mark of where a lot of people live to bring out their base. Like we- Because you're lying. Because they don't want to be, like, even your own supporters don't want to be lied to any longer. Let's ask the question already. You're not seeing, uh, at least it's not uh, in the polls. Wh- That's 45 seconds of preamble from Al Sharpton setting up his guests. Like, you don't set up your guests that long unless you're directing him what to say. I mean, coming out of the numbers that we would have expected in a lot of these situations after the Dobbs decision and and blacks and others are feeling not as in Just <laughs> Dobbs and blacks. Like, all you have to do is listen to Sharpton for, like, all of five to ten seconds, and he'll eventually just tell on himself. Yeah, blacks, a voting block, the blacks, all the blacks. They just got to all vote one way. Blacks, the plantation as the pale into the lakes have been able to really wow. rally up their troops. Wow. Sure, Reverend Sharpton, a couple of idiot. things to that. I mean, I think on the one hand, it's probably to be expected that the Democratic base isn't as energized right now uh, since they are the party in power and it's a midterm election. So historically... That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean a GD thing. Saying that a party is in power and that's why they're unable to motivate... Look at your popularity of your president. That would be something where you'd actually have to use your brain and pay attention to polls to understand that your guy isn't carrying the baton very well. I, w- I would probably say that, but you won't say that because 
well, traditionally, you know, as the ebbs and flows and the tide and the moon and the cycles and, you know, the ins and the outs. That dynamic tends to favor uh, the base of the party that's out of power. But it's also true, as you're saying, the, the, the Democrats have been less effective at appealing to the base. And I think that's because the Republican Party has very much played on fears in a way that has become almost apocalyptic. Whoa, whoa, there it is, apocalyptic. They're going to take over the Capitol. They're going to overthrow. This is a coup. No, that's what you do. That's what you guys do on the left. Okay. You do coups. Okay. You're projecting what you do onto us. There's nothing apocalyptic about all this. We're trying to get ourselves back into a position. We can't even be debated without you interrupting us. Your, your, your Katie Hobbs won't debate Carrie Lake. Your Herschel Walker won't be able to debate Raphael Warnock more than one time, three and a half weeks away from the actual election. You don't give us a chance. We're winning because we have the arguments that you know would win if you weren't gaslighting your aunt. Like, these are two individuals that are driven by an agenda. But to use, like, this hyperbolic apocalyptic that we're preying upon the fears that we're, uh, you know, going to take over with there's dictatorship and, you know, you got to stop. That is what's disrupting people. And there's any reason why your people aren't motivated is because you keep manufacturing things that just don't exist. Like, it couldn't be more unfair to the Republicans, and particularly to Donald Trump, and even DeSantis, during this recent hurricane that's barreled through there. You know, so uh, every election is not just the election of our lifetime, but that the fate of the country and the fate of civilization hangs in the balance. And you see this quasi-apocalyptic rhetoric. Uh, I don't even know what that means. Like, you just put quasi in front so you can use apocalyptic one more time and then just say that you were using rhetoric we're making arguments sir things that will and have improved this country if you listen to the logic and critical thinking and the policy nuts and bolts that go behind it you're not doing that you're propagandizing and even when you're answering us or referencing us it's also propagandizing people don't feel like their brains are working very well they feel like they're being emotionally sabotaged. They feel like they're being lied to. They feel like they're being told how to think about things. In an emotive way, doesn't matter if it's Neil deGrasse Tyson or you who's saying what you're saying. Creep up and really actually become central to, for example, Carrie Lake uh, in Arizona. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, by the way, has been uh, uh, endorsed. These, these names have become the the idea is to charge these names so full of what their value of those people is regardless of how actually moderate Carrie Lake is and going after Marjorie Taylor Greene she, her name has become synonymous like right wing hitler to the left right and she has nothing to do with that she is a strong woman who knows how to speak her mind and is a very effective pop, uh, popular politician so why not change the meaning of that politician so we can get them to think about that politician differently and gaslight your side to get to think you about that politician. Don't go to their, we're taking names of the people who attend Marjorie Taylor Greene or Carrie Lake or Sarah Palin's 
rallies her and is campaigning um, with her. Uh, I mean, Lake has described this as uh, this is a battle of good versus evil. So it's not just right versus wrong, moral because versus immoral, correct versus incorrect. But it's it's casting things in an almost biblical sort of a way yeah. that, uh, yeah, that essentially warns uh, their electorate. If you don't uh, if you don't come out and vote for us, then civilization, as we know, will come to a halt. Uh, how is it that you can't acknowledge what's happened? I mean, we're on the brink of World War III. We just had COVID. You guys have shut us down with your lockdowns everywhere, right? Look at the economy. It's barreling towards the depression that it may not be able to recover for, from for more than a decade. Yeah, that's it, a little biblical. Yeah, it's a little good and evil. Yeah, it's a little cycle of the 80s. Time you start paying attention to that. Democrats come over, the water's warm. We're just trying to preserve a way of life that we enjoyed for the previous four years prior to bringing in old Joe Biden. Back in three, you and me in the Kiva. Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Ooh. Guess who's back? Back again. Shady's back. Tell a friend. version so i was able to dump it thank goodness boy happy 50th birthday to eminem there so uh 50 years of age here on this day i didn't know that 50 could look that young but uh there you go all right 550 50 500 lots to get to lots of text coming in so more of you guys are interested in ben ferguson than you guys are interested in free talk live so free talk live's got a new provider so that's good um as we were you know, kind of shaky on the distribution of that. We're getting a new receiver. So that's also good. And I got uh, four votes for Ben Ferguson and only two votes for that. Uh, if there's a choice between Ben Ferguson and Freedom Live, I would definitely pick Ben Ferguson. So when is Clive on? So we're talking about Clyde, not Clive. Clyde Lewis is on every night, Monday through Friday from 8 to 11. So there you go. So that's, that's when he's on. Uh, Eddie, a cool phrase. Would be you and me in the key instead of the key. You and me in the key. Oh, okay. Instead of Kiva, you have the brain to key into a good society. Okay, I like that. That's good. That's good. Uh, Ferguson is better. Ready? Another vote for Ferguson. Thank you. Uh, Jefferson Bird. Jefferson T. Bird. Who is he? Why have I not heard a single interview or ad? How can he possibly win? Uh, well, I'll tell you. I'm not going to go for lead marker. I'm going to vote for every Republican, even though. I like lead as a candidate better than I like uh, Jefferson Bird. Okay. I, I do. But I think the only chance for anybody, you have to understand people vote for parties. Okay. And let's, the, 
10% of something we can get is better than, you know, 100% that we could somebody that doesn't have a chance to win. It doesn't matter what policies and what things that we advocate for unless we win. So this whole thing with, oh, I'm sticking with Karen Bedoni on principle. Uh, you have, like, it's idiotic. You will never be able to get a single policy that she's advocating for. And three quarters of her policies, Mark Ronchetti's already advocating for anyway. I don't know what the other stuff that she's looking at, and I don't bother to pay attention to her platform because she has no chance of winning, period. What was I doing? A lot of people ask me, it's like, oh, you were in there a spoiler. No, I said, I was in there to consolidate the Republicans. Oh, it's a nonpartisan race. I said, I didn't care if it's a nonpartisan race. Sheriff Gonzalez was having a very difficult time. He spent more time in court, more time in court than he did out in the campaign trail. So I thought he was going to bail and I wanted to strengthen our opportunity and I couldn't find anybody else run to run for mayor. <clears throat> I couldn't. I said, I'm not going to vote for a, a Democrat, specifically a Democrat that's already running the city with Tim Keller. Remember, Tim Keller and Sheriff Manny Gonzalez were side by side. They were on the stage with each other that night when Tim Keller ran and won. They were together. Sheriff Manny Gonzalez voted for Michelle Lujan Grisham. He got behind her. He endorsed her back in 2018. How could I? So 17, he's with Keller. 18, he's with Manny Gonzalez. How could I get behind Sheriff Gonzalez? Made no sense. Then we're going to go ahead and, and change the answer. I believe that the city council would not have changed the way if it did if two things didn't happen. One, Jay McCluskey wasn't their uh, consultant, and also Dan Lewis running back up on the west side, okay? Dan's a great man. There are good people, and then there's great people. Dan Lewis, in my opinion, is a great man. I hope that he's your next mayor, okay? I hope he decides to go ahead and run. I really do. I love Dan. I love his wife, you know. I mean, uh, Dan, Dan's wife taught my stepkids. Right. That was a big deal. She is a wonderful teacher up on the west side at Seven Hills or Seven Seven Barloop. Sorry about that. These are good people. Very, very Christian too. And I love that. All right. The other thing was the fact that I jumped in the race. So I was promoting all of the other city council candidates, right? Everyone from Lori Robertson to Renee Grout. And I didn't care if these people liked me or didn't like me or if they were going for Manny. I didn't care about that. That wasn't important to me. What was important to me was that Republicans looked better than Democrats. And also it would set things up for a gubernatorial run for somebody in 2022, which is what I thought it would do here. But instead, you know, I was thinking at the time Zanetti, you know, might be a possibility because he is already thinking of it. I never thought that J-Block had a chance. Never. Not once. Okay. I got into his party all of about five to 10 minutes. And I'm like, no, this isn't going to work. You got to have somebody who can carry a room. You know, I, I went in and did one event for, for Jay. And I'm like, the gubernatorial candidate should be able to out-talk me. Okay. Should be a better public speaker than, than I was. Okay. Greg Zanetti had the ability to communicate. My opinion, Mark Ronchetti, which you've seen now, not only is he effective communicator, but again, he is so good, in my opinion, at getting people to go with him. He is likable, much more likable than me, in my opinion, okay? Much more. I'm like, okay, well, this is good. Should the Republican Party be fully and, and totally on, on his side? Absolutely. Why are they not? 
Why do we have these naysayers? Because there's just jealous people, solosos, right? All the solosos around New Mexico. Hey, we don't like that Mark Ronchetti. We need a Hispanic. Stop being racist, right? To be honest, I would agree with a lot of that based upon the racism of the electorate. But if we're just talking about sure candidates, nobody's more prepared and more ready. You've seen it in two debates. The campaign spent, I don't know, $7 million. I think Mark Ronchetti is going to get there. I, it seems weird. I'm saying this today, but based upon, and you're going to hear the interview, I'm going to cut it up into two pieces. I just have to download it and put it in. And I want you to hear that his interview was on Clay and Buck. He did a fantastic job. Mark, you did an excellent job. That's the only, I'm never going to interview him. Okay. I don't want to interview Mark. Do the show, get all of our people to vote for Mark. I can do that until the cows come home. <clears throat> At the beginning of this year, Karen Bedoni was still a registered Republican. She showed up at that event over at the embassy suites. She gave a Republican, she gave a Republican address. And two months later, she was with the Libertarian Party. In what world is that fair? Oh, in a world run by Michelle Lujan Grisham and the Democrats, where they love to get a Republican to run against, oh yeah, we had these people who were, just stop. If you're a friend of Karen, do yourself a favor tonight. Pick up the phone and call Karen and tell her to leave the race, okay? Ballot's already printed. She's already up there. She doesn't have a chance. Please, somebody explain to her, okay? Tell her you get a year's worth of Arby's. Her and her family can go eat at Arby's every day for the next year if she'll get out of the race. <laughs> it's true. Like every fast food place. All right. Ugh. Bedoni has no principles, right? Ben Ferguson would be great. Okay, Ben Ferguson it is. Uh, those four votes there for Ben Ferguson. You guys won. Definitely Ben Ferguson. I, I'm... Oh, hello. This is Ryan with Political Research. Grisham at 39.2. Ron Kitty at 36.6 with Bedoni at 19.8. Like, this is totally made up. This is such a fabrication. Show me one place. I realize you hate, you know, Republicans or Jay McCluskey or whatever you hate, but you guys are just cutting your all. Like, we're going to pick up and leave. If Ron Kenny doesn't get in there, there's so many of us. Are just, like, And good luck getting something elected after that. Sounds like fraud, Eddie. I was not aware that people in New Mexico can vote by mail, email. I don't think they can. I have a friend who is in Mexico for a couple of months. They are not sure that the ballots will get to them and back in time. So they were instructed to vote by email. Please send me proof of that. Is this just a typical thing that goes on? I just never heard of it. It seems like this kind of thing that could be going on with fraud. To me, that just it sounds so bad. I don't know what that is. I, I, you, nobody can vote by email. That'd be weird. Vote for, for, for your candidates via phone. What's the certification process? You know, on that front, I was... Uh, watching a video and in Sri Lanka where they're rationing everything, you know, they've had an economic cram down. They have digital ID for everything. This is scary. So they have a, a digital handshake that's taking place, which is rationing their gas and the devices that they have to use, which is a smart card. They have to plug in and they have to aim it from their phone directly at the gas station. And it allocates for that week not kidding what amount of gallons of gas that they can purchase for the week 
that's where we're headed in this country. If you let it happen, if you think elections do not matter, think about that. Can you imagine somebody telling you how much gas you can get for that week? Where you can go, what you can do, we're going to restrict what you can, what you can attain, what you can bring in. That's crazy. Sort of like leveling the playing field. We're going to punish you because you've done too well for yourself. We're going to punish you because your business is too big. We're going to punish you because you're too good at what you're going to do. You need to give back or even worse, reparations. All right, folks, we'll see you bright and early tomorrow, 4 p.m. Appreciate you being here. I'll be uh, full gamed up, uh, ready for tomorrow. And uh, don't forget to get out and uh, vote 24 days until the election. Stay tuned. Bill O'Reilly is next. Live 24 hours a day, Monday through Saturday. The Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque.